I'm Lee Henson Hasty. I'm the Senior Director of Theological Education Funds Development at the Presbyterian Foundation. This is a ministry of the Committee on Theological Education. Um, and uh, a real joy for me and privilege, let me just say, because I really have, feel like I have uh, in contact with wonderful leaders across the country who lead theologically like our guest today, uh, the Reverend Dr. Uh, Teresa McDowell Ott Terry. Is it okay to call you Terry? Yeah, please call me Terry. I'm okay. like, Teresa, where's that thing going? Right? Like my mother's and, calling me. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> Teresa. Um, so good to have you here. We, we met in seminary at Louisville Seminary and um, have stayed in touch. We're both part of a clergy couple, y'all. So you're going to, we'll probably have some inside jokes that we don't even realize we're doing. Yeah. And her husband, like mine, has a PhD and teaches in a small college. And um, Terry serves as the dean of the chapel. Uh, at Monmouth uh, University, Monmouth College, College. Monmouth College. There's different, Monmouth University in New Jersey. Yeah, don't get us mixed up with the one in New Jersey. We get cranky about that. Right. (laughs) We're the Presbyterian one. The Presbyterian one in Illinois, in Illinois. And um, so glad to have you here. Thanks for making the time and and being flexible. Sorry Mm -hmm. about yesterday. No, it's such a privilege to be here with you, uh, Lee and I just love all these conversations you've been having. You've been doing just a great service to all of us in lockdown, right? To <laughs> and and I'm just kind of really honored and humbled to be one of your guests. You've had amazing people. Oh uh, gosh! On this, what uh, what do you call it? A little live with Lee. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, the we're, we kind of shift the podcast is leading theologically, so that's mm-hmm. what we're. And it's people like you. I mean, there there are amazing people, and some are known, and some aren't. And um, yeah. uh, I I know you're known by many, but hopefully introduced to others. Um, yeah. Your husband Dan is here, by the way. So well, he's required to be here. <laughs> okay, and keep the dog quiet. Yeah. I see. <laughs> um, and uh, but yeah, it's it's been a, it's been a real gift to me and and I think to others too. I'm glad glad to hear you say that because um yeah, there's folks working on amazing things, doing amazing things that really matter. It's um and and from different locations. It's not all at theological schools. Um it's different places, pastorates and and I think you're my first college um person in kind of spiritual care kind of leadership. And so I'm grateful to have you. We have 60 some Presbyterian related colleges. And um, I think um, they're a real gift, gift to the church. And we, we assume them, assume they're always there. Yeah. Um, And it's hard work. I mean, higher ed, (laughs) theological education, um, this is not easy. So I wonder what it is um, that keeps you going with children and um, a husband and um, ministry to do. I know um, the Lux Institute, we, we may get to talk about, I think it's going to be is scheduled for this yeah. summer in June. Yeah, in for, person too. We're having that, it in person. That's awesome. Y'all, we'll paste that link in. That's for young adults or high school age high students school age, yeah. Yeah, to come and spend a couple of weeks and think theologically about some yeah. things um, and discern. Um, but just thanks for all you do. What is it that keeps you going? What is it that is making you come alive as Howard Thurman would ask, because we need people who are coming alive. Yeah, it's a great question. And, um, you know, my, my spiritual practice really is writing. Um, 
you know, I'm working on a big book project right now. And, um, uh, you know, it's been a really tough season, actually, particularly right now and um, at our college um, and in higher ed in general, um, you know, we're, we're sort of, uh, we're getting back to classes in person. Um, we're still all under all the COVID guidelines and restrictions, but um, but we're getting there, and it's all—it feels kind of like re-entry time. Um, but it also feels like it's a season of sort of dealing with all the consequences that COVID just kind of uh, honestly ripped open in our community, and and it's just a real raw time. Um, right. Right. For a lot of people, you know, as my job, you know, I was hired as chaplain. It's, it's a little hard to get the dean of the chapel came about a, a year ago. So, I'm, but, <laughs> you know, and people often wonder what do what do chaplains do at, at colleges? And uh, and I always say, you know, it's, it's just like a pastor of a church. We attend. I, t- I say my job is to attend to the soul needs of my community. Amen. The difference is, you know, and I lead in worship and prayer, but um the difference is my community is incredibly diverse. Right. And so, but the- And always the, changing, right? And always, always changing. <laughs> Every year I get a new batch and I lose a batch and it's just heart-wrenching. <laughs> but, um, but, you know, the soul needs right now are, are many and it's just a real raw place. And, um, and we're just kind of, it's gonna, it's gonna hang on for a while. So to be here for my people and my campus community has been, it's a lot right now. And um, so what really, you know, the, the, the fact that I have this, this book I'm working on, I've been working on all year has just grounded me, my writing practice. Um, and, the, and the book is coming out of my experiences with my students. I can't, I, I have to have, I don't just come up with stuff. My writing is always like very life-centered and, and my own experiences in conversation with scholarships and theology and um, scholarship. And um, so, so it's just, you know, and it, I feel like, honestly, what gives me life is to continue to learn and grow as a human being. And so as I've done this work on my mm-hmm. book, I have learned and grown so much. Well, you, you, I know talking, you're reading, you know, tremendous yeah. amount of materials and folks, yeah. the book is 10 risks that privileged people should take. That's kind of where our t- our um, title comes today. It's coming out with Fortress Press, hopefully yeah. be, 2022-ish. Yeah, spring, probably spring 22 is what we're you know, looking at. Um, but there's a great article, if you haven't seen it, it's one of the, the most read articles, 20 most read articles in the Christian century. Um, in 2020, a liberal daughter discusses white privilege yeah. with her conservative dad. Yeah. I tell you what, when I saw that come across um, I'm not sure where I got it. I think I read it immediately and then read it like three more times. I mean, because I think there's so many people having those conversations. Yeah. And so that's yeah. sort of, that's part of the experience you're talking about. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> well, yeah. Like I'm reading this stuff and then I'm having conversations and it's like, you know, when I'm working on, when I'm writing, it just ekes out into all my life. And, and this, this eked into my relationship with my dad and I had to, so the article is about just this time we had to sit down and for the sake of our relationship and really have a conversation, a good mm-hmm. one, a fruitful right. one where good. we're not yelling at each other, <laughs> you know, I, don't, I have no idea what you're talking about. I bet no one here does. No. You're so- <laughs> Thank you. you Appreciate my sarcasm. (laughs) No, I so it's so funny about that article too because 
um, I work with I worked with Steve Thorngut at the Christian Century on that, and the first draft. And I and and y'all yeah, have to know I had I got that whole thing. I got permission from my dad. Everything he said, and he got to review it and and edit it. And but the first draft I sent to Steve Thorngut at the Century, and he said, "Terry, this is great. We love this. Could you tweak it a little?" So you don't sound like the normal one and your dad sounds like the wrong one. And I'm like, yeah, all right. <laughs> but, but it's a really great point. And then, and so I added the scene in there of, um, you know, my, my dad and I getting, and this is like everyone's holiday dinner table where my dad and I get in this argument about Trump. And I, I and I thought I was just being assertive and, might have kind of a loud preacher voice. And but apparently to my daughter, I was yelling and she turns to Dan and says, daddy, she's like seven. Why is mommy shouting at people? <laughs> and she's crying. And I'm like, maybe, maybe I need to do this better. <laughs> like I'm going to try to not make my daughter cry. <laughs> well, but you know, you saying that last uh, two weeks ago, I had Christine Hong on talking oh, yeah. about decolonialized learning. And she was, I don't, I, I'm not going to quote her and paraphrase, you know, go back and listen, but, and she's not the only one who says this, but it's so important to have these conversations, not necessarily insulated yeah. from your children so they can see and, and see, I mean, you make mistakes, you, right. Two, three steps forward, two steps back, yeah. you know, you yeah. figure this out, but you're having, and the conversations with them too, right. you know, Absolutely. about, about these things. Um, I'm, I, I imagine you're having those conversations with, with your children too. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> well, and you know, my, some of my people around here get tired of me recommending books, but um, uh, Raising White Kids by Jennifer right. Harvey is a great book. Um, I actually wrote about it on my blog and um, she, um, Harvey, she really, what I appreciate is a real compassionate look at and I see that in my college students, my white college students. We are, I really try to, uh, my programs at the college, um, they really started out, the people, I did ministry the way I'd always done ministry. And even though we have 30% of our students come from marginalized community, the programs I started at the college were, were all the students that came were like me. They were right. white, mainline, a couple of Catholics that right. you know, wanted to check out something different. And I had to say something's wrong here. I think it ha might have to do with me. Mm. And I had to do a lot of self-work in terms of reaching out, listening to students of color um, and, and making sure that we were talking about um, issues that were important to them and concerns that they had. So we're doing these programs and then I notice, and so I'm, I'm so proud of the fact that we've got a diverse program in religious and spiritual life at the college now. And in these spaces, we talk about tough issues. We, and there was this one conversation, we were um, talking about the all lives matter response to the Black right. Lives Matter movement. And, um, and all the Black students were talking, our students of color, our Latin students, and all the white students were just sitting there silently, like, um, and, and, uh, and, and Harvey talks about, and, and that's been, a that's pattern. important. That's important. <laughs> and it's a pattern. And, and so the, our students of color are carrying the whole way to the conversation and then they're getting irritated by their white fears. Like, why aren't you saying anything? And, mm. and Harvey talks about how our, our young people, 
I would just say generally, in general, white people are not equipped to talk about race because we haven't had to. And so if we start talking about race with our kids, you know, in, in our home environments, that's a safe place to venture out and watch the news together and have some conversations right. and start talking about it. And, and um, you'll make mistakes. And, but, but you, you know, if you don't, if you don't try, you can even like practice talking about it at home, but, but your children really need to be a part of the conversation. Well, and I know you are a big fan of Brian Stevenson and, and there's some guidance because you, you gave this to me. I mean, I wrote it down. I mean, I, I guess I'd heard it, but um, yeah. uh, uh, I, I wrote it down about, you know, his, his guidance there. But, but before we leave the college topic, let me just say also, I want to give you kudos for the Presbyterian uh, Outlook article this summer in July on your college's calling beyond the classroom, which you're just starting, you're kind of talking about and you say more. Uh, in that article, and uh, and I recommend it uh, to folks. Um, Another good partner for us out there, the Presbyterian Outlook. So, but Stevenson, what is, what has he taught you? Just Uh, mercy guy, people don't remember. Well, Brian Stevenson, he's just a hero of mine, and I've, in his book, Just Mercy, and um, all his talks, his education justice project is amazing, because, so, um, I mean, he's, he's one of the many reasons that I'm now volunteering at, uh, we have a men's uh, maximum security prison that um, uh, in our area that, um, like if you live in Monmouth, Illinois, you drive to Galesburg, which is 15 minutes away for for everything, (laughs) like food, medical care, I get my hair cut there, you know, it's like, yeah, (laughs) and and the prison's right along the highway, and um, any restaurants at the prison, can you, (laughs) you know, and there's this big sign, do not pick up hitchhikers, I drove by that prison for six years, um, I've always been interested in, 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 and have learned a lot about mass incarceration, but yet I'm just driving by, and, um, and what really was keeping and feeling called and what was really keeping me was just my fear. Um, it's a really scary looking place. Um, and um, and it's, I think it's meant to look scary. You know, it's meant to keep you away. They, right. don't, they don't want you coming, but well, they do. I should, I should, that's not true. The, um, but Brian Stevenson, um, he, he has this quote, I think it was actually from a Time article that he talked about um, people's activism. You know, people want to do good. Um, right. There's a lot of well-meaning people, a lot of well-meaning white privileged people like me who want to do good, but don't. Um, but he says, you know, you can't just issue a tweet or buy a t-shirt and call that activism that makes a difference. He says, you've got to get proximate to suffering. Beautiful. And get proximate to suffering. suffering. <laughs> no, that is tweetable. <laughs> that is tweetable. I know, but but then you got to actually do you it. You got to do right? it. <laughs> yeah, and um, and that's that's something that resonated with me because um, that's something that's just sort of always been with me in my ministry. Um, my husband Dan modeled it for me when he was early in 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 serving pastors, small churches that he would go out and, and make sure he could find ways to be among and with the poor. And when I was in North Carolina, pastor of my church, I, I decided to um, work at our local 
um, community center where we'd screen people for financial assistance. And I would volunteer to just wow. do that intake. You don't, it, it's just taken, taken like an extra step or two. Yeah, well, <laughs> and because otherwise, if and you I bet you learn so much too. Oh my God. Well, it's not just that it's, I learned so much, but it's, you, you, you have to take that step or else you're, you're just not, you're never, here's what it is. It, it humanizes the issues. Mm. So I have right. taken the step. I've gone to the prison. It's not just mass incarceration now. Now it's about Raphael and Luis and 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 Jamal, the the men that I have met who are in there. It's not. Right. It's not an issue. It's. Right. It's, it's people. It's real well, and, people. And I had this mind, I knew you'd been, and you've been doing this, I know for a long time. And I had it in my mind that you're doing chaplaincy yeah. or, you know, some sort of kind of spiritual care or something there, yeah. but no, you're, <laughs> this no. y'all, I can't make this up on leading theologically. I can't make this up. I know. <laughs> I know. And it's so funny because yeah, I, people, I've actually given different talks on um, people talk my prison ministry and and whereas um, uh, it is in ministry, but um, I what I've done is built an educational outreach program between my college and and our prison. And so, and one of the you know, and here's how it worked. This is how I did it. I I got so sick of myself for driving by. I finally just picked up the phone and I <laughs> called the prison and That's I said, I, I'm interested in volunteering. Can you tell me? This is who I am. I'm a, I'm a real person. <laughs> what what do you think? And and I and I connected with the chaplain who was there, and um uh and he said, well, why don't you come for a tour? And I'm like, oh oh no, now I really have to follow through, right? <laughs> I was kind of hoping he would. I tell bet me that I'm not I bet allowed. that first visit was. I it mean, was, it, well, it's it's all in my book. I write up the whole first visit. Oh, good. Was just mind, you know, because you don't. You can, you can, you sh and you should, you should read Michelle Alexander's The New Jim Crow. You should right. read Brian Stevenson's work and get involved in the Education Justice Project. But honestly, you should go to a prison. You should yeah. get a tour. You should, you can volunteer. Actually, prisons rely on volunteers. That There are so little money in corrections. Um Right. And, and there's so little programs and very little education, you know, and then, and the people who are volunteering are the evangelical conservative Christians. That's right. it, it's, and I get in there. We actually went to a volunteer banquet, which was quite, a, was every experience in there because the food was, it was like the food that they get at the, in the dining hall there. And it uh, wasn't that good. It's not Panera. <laughs> it was not, it was not, <laughs> Panera would have been, Ooh, like five steps up. Um, but so I had this volunteer banquet and I'm just surrounded by people. Well, and it's not knocking it. I mean, people need prayer and spiritual right. support. 100%. But, um, but progressive Christians need to pick up the phone and go. And right. So what we've started, we ended up um, at Monmouth College. It turns out we started doing a um, New York University approached the, the prison at the same time I approached the prison and we started this, um, they wanted to do a grant program, a reducing recidivism program. And the prison wanted to participate in it. It was a great opportunity. 
but they didn't have anybody that could teach like classes mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. the cohort of prisoners that were going to go through the program. And they said, do you think you could do that? I said, I think we could do that. And so nice. our, I got a group of faculty and we um, had to get all through the volunteer process, but sure. then we created a curriculum and we, we taught about um, emotional intelligence, communication skills, um, wow. conflict management, life skills. And it was all through, and this is what my faculty, they all geeked out about. We did it all through literature. So we read great books. Oh, that's beautiful. And then, and it was a liberal arts classroom setting. We sat in a circle and and so they had to talk and wow. develop their critical thinking skills. And I'll tell you, Lee. Listen. This, <laughs> Listen. This, is, this is ministry. Yes, because it is. three it months is. time, three months in that class with us coming in twice a week, we saw those men grow extraordinary and and it's just like we had one man that said you know i started this class as a boy but i'm mm-hmm. ending it a man and i was just like it's just everything we do and they're just it's that kind of work it's so meaningful so the the book you know that uh speaks i'm glad it talk, talks about these stories friends i yeah. mean this this is uh um, not necessarily rocket science, but it's also, I think it's important to hear these stories and for others to read them. Um, probably many on this call are engaged in similar things. I'm thinking about yeah. some work Elizabeth does with students and they go to a yeah. women's facility. They go to the funeral and they're present at the funeral of homeless persons. I mean, just a one kind of <laughs> it's yeah. eye opening. I mean, yeah. things like that. I mean, every community is different, but yeah. It sounds like what you're in, in terms of a risk uh, people should take is 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 sort of getting out of their comfort zone, p- just picking up a phone, right. um, getting closer to the people that they believe God is calling them to be closer to. I'm not sure what would be the how, how would versus like just calling your favorite charity, you know, um, yeah. ministry. Well, what would you? Yeah, say? and it's and it's not. And it's not everybody needs to go to the prison. Right. I think it's 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 a great. There's prisons everywhere. I should say, and <laughs> and um and and that's True. an opportunity. But it's just about. Um, I think what I really want to do through the book is to is to encourage. There's there's so many sort of, I would say, well-meaning white privileged people like me who like me are full of anxiety who want who want to <laughs> do want to do good, but don't don't know what what's the next step and, and or even the first step or right? the first step right <laughs> and um and there's you know and what i really hope is that i would like the book to just be the push mm-hmm. that to take the next step and there's all sorts of suggestions throughout it of of action steps you can take um but you know and, and a, each chapter you say and didn't you tell me you're framing each chapter with action steps at the end of yes the, at the right. end but and one of the big things that um, I've that that has really benefited me personally is that um, each chapter actually focuses on a thought leader of color or a scholar of color mm. because um, one of the things that through my work at the college and at the prison and the Black Lives Matter movement has which has been the most influential movement on my life has shown me is that I am surrounded by whiteness right. And and it's on our bookshelves, right? It, it is. And I, you know, and I, and it's like, we should know this, but it's the water we swim in and it's our dominant culture. And so we, 
we should be decentering, you know, just I've been decentering whiteness intentionally through this whole book process. And it's, um, you know, Christine Hong talked about it, how um, she talked about how it might feel restrictive at first. Like I, I have this thing now, I'm every, every book I'm reading, I'm trying to read, even my fun books, I'm trying to read uh, authors of color. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I thought at first it would feel, it would feel limiting to me or restrictive. Mm-hmm. It's been exactly the opposite. I am oh. growing. I can feel myself growing more flexible. Turns out it's liberating. There, it's, it's liberating. It's liberating. And it turns <laughs> out there's more than one way. There's more than, and it, you know, it's, it doesn't always have to be the white way. I mean, yeah. that's the way we, we do everything is the white right. way. And so when I immerse myself, and there's not one person of color way either, right? No, right. <laughs> but it's just, it's just you, when you start to recognize that your Facebook feed and mm. the television shows you watch and the movies right. you watch are all by white people, about white people, all the, all the theologians you studied in seminary. <laughs> Too many. Yes. Um, are white and male. And, and all of a sudden you're like, I want to, I want to move outside this bubble. Right. And when you do, when you can decenter that whiteness, it is so liberating. It's, I mean, such, I mean, anybody can do this. I mean, at your local this. bookstore or your, mm-hmm. you know, your Netflix feed. I mean, find, uh, there are probably resources too to help you find, I mean, fiction, nonfiction, right. Yeah. It can be, right. I mean. Um, oh, I mean, it's, I mean, you just, you don't have, that's the thing. You don't have to look too hard. There's so many great, <laughs> <laughs> you know, right. there's so, it's, you know, it's just, um, you know, and I've been able to see it in, in books friends recommend to me, or I'm in all these book clubs and book, mm-hmm. in books that are recommended. I'm like, let's choose this one. And, and mm-hmm. I won't say, but it's because it's by an author of color and I want to read that one. Um, Robin is saying, my colleague, she's doing the same podcast too. Yes, uh, podcast. Uh, exactly. Tim, Tim Davenport Herbst is, is giving you kudos. Uh, our, our, uh, awesome. Another clergy couple there. Yeah. <laughs> hello, Tim. Catherine not uh, saying hello. I mean, are there other? Uh, gosh, I can't believe our time is running out, and I want I want to know like every chapter. Of course, folks, the book will be available at some point. Yeah, Follow right. Terry's blog, Terry com. Yes. Yes. Um, and you can see that she's also linked with the Christian Century uh, um, Bloggers Network. Um, yeah. Probably some yeah. others. I suspect. Yeah. Oh, Rev. I got a shout out to Rev Gal Blog Pals. Yes. How many yeah. great, great That's a great, that's a, yeah. a, and a great network. Um, this is what a Louisville Seminary grad and McCormick Doctor <laughs> Ministry grad looks like, people. Yeah. I'm talking about I, me. I'm talking about me. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm really talking about you. Just follow Lee around. My no, life. no, 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 no. Our no. families this, have totally done that. <laughs> um no uh it's this is and and thanks for all that you do and who you are and your ministry um educational ministry in the prison and uh as a parent and spouse i mean god bless you for taking care of dan odd we love him so much a lot yeah (laughs) a lot of good he's downstairs feeding the dog peanut butter so he won't bark he he is posting in um he, he said he just started the podcast suave Oh. Can't, but uh, he's, 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 he's leaving it out there, he, whether he's recommending it yet, but um, okay. anyway, and you know, um, you're, 
to your presbytery, to the church broadly. Um, thank you for who you are, what you do. And now, you know, in this, these writing projects, I mean, you're just a, yeah. I know you've kind of really, you know, turned to writing as a real gift. And, th and that's a beautiful thing that that's giving you life. Um, yeah. And um, thank you so much for who you are and what you do. And folks in two weeks before you, if you don't mind, I would love for you to give us a charge and blessing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I'd like to invite people back in two weeks. We'll, I'll be having with me um, the Reverend Dr. Gregory C. Ellison. He teaches at Emory. He's a graduate. At, he's at the Candler School of Theology, but he, he's a graduate of Princeton MDiv and um, PhD. And he just released this book. He, people know him for Fearless Dialogues, but this anchored in the current uh, discovering Howard Thurman, an educator, activist, and guide. So that's a person of color book right there. Yeah. For Read people, it. he's great. Um, I think he's like a modern day mystic, mystic like like yeah. Thurman. And the week um, after after that, I have Laura Heifetz, and we'll be talking about this book, Race in America. She has helped update and is a co editor for. Um, so a lot of good stuff coming up. Um, but Terry, please, uh, would you? What would you call for us to do? And be? I will. Okay, uh, I will. Let's uh, let's charge and bless us out. I will begin by saying, just follow follow God's call, friends. Even even when, and perhaps especially when it's scary, and take the next step in your activism. If you're if you're not among the suffering, get proximate to suffering. If you, if you look like me, if you identify as white, risk following or centering people of color in your life so that we can help liberate ourselves from the bonds white supremacy and systems of injustice have on all of us. And may God bless you and keep you. May God be kind and gracious to you. May God look upon all of us and our work with favor and bring us all to a place of peace and justice. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. <laughs> can I, I cannot supposed to say hallelujah before Easter. Am oh, I? that's all right. Yeah, <laughs> it's <know>. okay. Yeah. <laughs> but um, rules. <laughs> thank you so <laughs> thank very you so much, much and me. blessings on everyone. We'll uh, look forward to seeing you again soon. Yeah.